Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. mindset call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern, uh, 6 a.m. Central, and 4 a.m. Pacific. And on this particular call, we talk about mindset, we talk about leadership, we talk about life, we talk about books, we talk about affirmations, we talk about success, we talk about failure, we talk about happiness, we talk about a lot of things in this call that go hand in hand in what you do on a daily basis, whether it's your job, your business, relationships, whatever, it has to do with your thoughts, your paradigm. And what we talk about is having that paradigm shift, the things that that was recorded um between the wound and age seven, that's when our mind was more programmable. And we have pro, our mind has been programmed. And there's certain things we've forgotten about that are still there, that are still, that we are operating with. You know, we are, we are operating every day on automatic. We're doing things that we've heard so many times that we kind of just get in line with it. And what we talk about is this. You can't do that if you're in, if you're in business and you're trying to advance Financially, you got to address some of those things that were taught to us from our middle class or poor neighborhoods that we heard. Everything that we heard, a lot of that stuff needs to be addressed. Now, we placed this call on a podcast platform. So if you're on the podcast, one of the podcast platforms like Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, we're on 16 different ones. And if you stumbled across this, this is not a podcast. It's a conference call. But we loaded it on the podcast so that it's easy access to get to it, and people can go back and listen to replay after replay after replay because that's how you learn through repetition. Repetition is king. Repetition is key. Repetition is a must. We must learn through repetition, hearing it over and over and over and over and taking notes. That's how you sing songs that you don't even like. You wind up just singing them. You know, you don't even like them, but you heard them so many times, that's repetition. Same thing what you're doing here. You need to repeat certain things over and over. Maybe maybe you don't like it or not, whatever. But these things uh, in your life, you've got to keep hearing it, keep hearing it, keep hearing it. Because it's not what you hear. It's not what you keep hearing. It's what you keep hearing. It's not what you see. It's what you keep seeing. Not what you read is what you keep reading. Not what you do is what you keep doing. The operative word is keep. That's how we learn. Now, we got a replay number on this call. Uh, which is 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085, same PIN code, 783357-POUND, and um, you will, you know, the, the replay will kick in right after the call. So and it'll be up all the way to Wednesday morning since today is Monday, and you're good to go. So we're going to wrap up. Today, we're wrapping up the common denominator of success. We've been going over that for the last, seems like, four calls. And so, uh, but we're going to, I say we're going to wrap it up. I think we are going to wrap it up. Yep, we're going to do that. So y'all ready to go? All right. Luda! Smoke in a big black truck. Did I wild out? What the f- act like my rims ain't 
cleans. How you gon' act like my neck don't bling? Haters get sprayed like Afro sting, but they don't ever really wanna pop them bang. Kang, Kang, Sugar Man, Luda don't go. And I stop that a light pulled off so slow. But I'm out for the night, so pass that drove. So daddy come home in a Cadillac brome. Now don't it sound absurd? Claim Collie Park where they flip them birds. Trick car alarms didn't bend them curves. Top, top, talk it up, fat man. I got a big sad pocket full of cash, just seen a big old Hey, (laughs) 
That's just it. I know you, you think, well, I got, is there any way else around that? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Mm. All right. So remember, hold on a second. So remember, Ian Gray was speaking at a insurance agents convention. And this was in the 1940s. And he was talking to insurance agents and telling them why they're not successful and why some of them are successful. Now, when we finished um, the last call, we were talking about the habits and things that you had to do. Um, and we went, you know, we went over that. But let's talk about a little bit here about uh, he talks about a little bit before you adopt these success habits. So he says, before you uh, decide to adopt these success habits we just talked about, let me warn you of the importance of habit to your decision. I have attended many sales meetings and sales congresses during the past 10 years, and I've often wondered why, in spite of the fact that there is so much good in them. So many people seem to get so little lasting good out of them. Hmm. You know, I said it all the time that you can go to these events, and that's why I say when you hear somebody says, um, now, you know, people throw around life-changing, you know, like it's, like it's common or something. Now, but I think I don't think most people mean life changing like that. I think it's life changing with our thoughts and life changing with some of the stuff that we heard. <clears throat> but I don't think life just changes. You understand what I'm saying? Because I know it's a lot of events that are sold that way. If you pay this nine hundred dollars, if you pay this nineteen thousand dollars, your life will never be the same. It'll be changed before you. Well, yeah, it might not ever be the same, meaning that you heard a few words that you heard some few things that you can be able to incorporate, but this, you know, the way it's implied almost that you can go to an event one weekend and when you walk out, you walk different, you're dressed different, you talk different, and it's going to be that way forever. Like you have, you have totally changed and you don't have to, work on that anymore. You don't have to do anything else anymore. You just have changed. <clears throat> That's how it's implied. Now, I've always said no. I've always said I'd rather listen to something a million times over and over and over, take notes for it, before I say, you know, a two-day event will just change my life. Now, a lot of the expensive two-day events, the ones that cost a lot of money, <clears throat> that's worth that's worth it to go to it to network because you're gonna find mother you're gonna find other people there who are willing to spend that kind of money. That's a great base of people that you want to have in your life. But he says here, so many people seem to get so so lasting good out of them, um, in spite of the fact there's. So much good in them, they don't get, I'm sorry, they don't get any lasting thing out of it. 
Perhaps you have attended sales meetings in the past and have left meetings determined to do the things that would make you successful. I think a few people just left yesterday, or Saturday. Determined to do the things that going to make you successful. And have left these meetings uh, to do the things that you're ready to go do. Only to find your decision and determination waning at just the time when it should be put into effect or practice. You know, it's waning each day. It's going to wane a little bit more today. Wane a little bit more today. I mean, tomorrow. Wane a little bit more Wednesday. And then you back to your old self. Back to your old self. So he says, here's the answer. Why is that? See if you see if you ever heard this before from somebody. I don't know who. Any resolution decision you make is simply a promise to yourself, which is which isn't worth a tinker's damn until you have formed the habit of making it and keeping it. Any resolution of decision you make is simply a promise to yourself, which isn't worth a tinker's damn. <laughs> now let me. Hold on a second. I need to look and see what does tinkers mean. <laughs> Some of y'all probably say, I know what it means. Uh, tinkers. Hmm. It's British, and it may refer to a mischievous child. <laughs> So some of your some of your decisions made isn't worth a mischievous child's damn. <laughs> Guess that's what it means. Uh, English and Irish and Scottish affluence called themselves techno tinkers, or <laughs> it ain't worth nothing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's absolutely when you say that. It ain't worth anything. And you won't form the habit of making it and keeping it unless right at the start you link it with a definite purpose that can be accomplished by keeping it. Now, so you're sitting there at a meeting, you're excited, you get pumped up. If you don't link that to your goal, I mean to your why, or a definite purpose that you have that can be accomplished it can be accomplished by keeping that 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 uh, emotion that you have that that you know I'm fired up that you have and you know I you got to attach that to you got to attach it to your why <clears throat> you got to be a definite purpose in other words any resolution or decision you make today has to be made again tomorrow because that's what your why is every day. And the next day it has to be made again. And the next day it has to be made again. And the next day, and so on and on. The beat don't stop to the break of dawn. you got to keep doing it over and over and over. you got to keep attaching you. You think, uh-uh. Okay, I'm done. I, I, I'm, 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 I've changed. I'm, you know, I'm a changed man. <laughs> you remember uh, in Carlito's way when uh, he came on, he was leaving the courtroom. He said, Your Honor, 
I promise you, I'm a changed man. You won't see me again in this courtroom. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. <laughs> Judge, <laughs> Judge said, man, if you don't shut up with that. <laughs> but he said, I'm a changed man. You won't see me in here again. But, you know, people leave event, uh, conventions like that, and they leave uh, sales meetings like that, and they leave all okay, they leave church like that. They leave church like that. But if you're not doing, you know, like I told my pastor, I said, they're going to leave here on Tuesday night with, with the message you just said. But by 10 o'clock tonight, they're going to be on the news, watching the news over and over and over. Then the next day on Wednesday, what, what you think they're doing on Wednesday? Watching all their favorite TV shows. I hope you. I hope you're not picturing. <laughs> I think he got mad at me on this one. I hope you're not picturing them sitting at home with the Bible, just reading it on Wednesday, and just sitting back reading it for two hours on Thursday, and sitting back reading it for two hours on Friday, sitting back reading it for two. Hours. <laughs> no, they ain't sitting back. They watching. Um, man, what you tell me last night? They watching. Um, P Valley. They sitting at home watching P Valley, um, uh, you know, whatever TV shows on, watching over and over. See, that's the commitment that most folks make to their goals and dreams. They, that's what they watch over and over and over. That's what they watch. That's what they. He said, "You got to keep. You got to keep it. You got to attach it to your definite purpose." And then you got to make that resolution every single day. Tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day, and so on and so on. And it not only has to be made each day, but guess what? It has to be kept each day. So if you miss one day in the making or keeping, you got to go back and begin all over again. Like you pull your seeds up. You got to go back and plant again. So not only when you leave the convention or leave the sales meeting or leave the seminar or leave church, whatever you fired up about, you're going to have to do that over and 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 over. That ain't what's happening. That ain't what's happening with us in this business. It's not what's happening with us when we leave church. It's not what's happening with us. It just, you know, we... We go in there, we get that hit, boom. Some of y'all get the hit off the call today, boom. Some of y'all get the hit from a salesman, boom. Now, the way you keep that hit going is you got to keep doing those same things over and over and over. The thing that was talked about over and over and over. You got to keep. You got to keep your focus on it. See, a lot of folks will want this hit from a call like this, or a hit from a uh, from your sermon at church, or a hit from a sales meeting, and you think. That's going to take me forever now. I'm gone. I'm, I, shoot, I'm, I, man. Yeah, I don't know what that just did for me. Yeah, I do. It did for you for about a couple of days. <laughs> That's it. See, you have to live this stuff that you're talking about. You can't just... Dip in and dip out. And that's what most folks do. We dip in and dip out. We dip in and dip out. 
And they say, they'll come back later on and say, boy, I really needed this call because I ain't been on one in a while. I really needed this meeting because I ain't been to a meeting in a while. I really need that church meeting because I ain't been there in a while. I really need that. Okay, then you get it. And then you dip again. Or you get it, and then you just kind of hang around and hang around and hang around. You're not doing the actions. Boy, that lines up with thoughts, feelings, and action. You got the thoughts. But you're not doing the actions. He says, each day, it has to be kept each day. He says, even if you miss one day, you're going to start over again and again. But if you continue the process of making it each morning and keeping it each day, you will finally wake up some morning a different person in a different world from where you come from. And you will wonder what has happened to you in the world you used to live, well, I mean the world that you used to live in. See, that happened to me when I was sitting at the Applebee's with my partners after I had been reading for a year, and I'm sitting there with them, and they're sitting there with me, and I'm asking them about goals and dreams and what's your plan, and they're telling me that their goals and dreams is them two ladies sitting at the bar over there. <laughs> and they saying, you killing my high, Tony, talking all this stuff you talking. But see, the world I lived in had changed. And what happened to me, I, I changed. I didn't know when the process happened. All I know is I was doing the things I was supposed to do over and over and over and have continued that since, you know, uh, my awakening. Since I became woke to what I was doing just 20-some years ago. And the only way that I'm still here doing this 26 years later, still here doing this 26 years later, is that for 26 years I've been doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been, it, it, it became a part of my life. <clears throat> Books became a part of my life. Talking to people became a part of my life. Being a part of this business, this type of business became a part of my life. I didn't go to the sales meeting. Well, I've done it before and came out of there, you know, fired up. And then three or four days later, I was gone. And the reason why is because I wasn't doing the, the sales meeting over and over and over. You so say, how you do that? You just you do what the sales meeting said you should do, and you stay in line with that, and you do that over and over and over. <clears throat> He says, here's what happened. Your resolution or decision has become a habit now. And you won't have to make it on a particular morning because it's a habit. And the reason for you seeming like a different person living in a different world lies in the fact that for the first time in your life, you have control of yourself and control of your likes and dislikes by surrendering your purpose in life. That is why behind every success there must be a purpose, must be a why, must be a reason, and that is what makes purpose so important to your future. 
For in the last analysis, your future is not going to depend on economic conditions or, you know, whether it's a, a you know, a pandemic or whether it's a, uh, um, you know, recession. It's not going to depend on that or even outside influences or circumstances in which you have no control. Your future is going to depend on the, your purpose in life and the habits that create around that purpose. First of all, he says, your purpose must be practical. He says, some time ago I talked to a woman who thought she had a purpose which was more important to her than income. She was interested in people suffering, and she wanted to be placed in a, pot, a position to alleviate that suffering. But when we analyzed her real feelings, we discovered, and she admitted it, that what she really wanted was a real nice job dispensing charity with other people's money. <laughs> she really didn't want to grind and create her own money and dispense it to the people. That ain't what she really wanted. He said, after we broke this thing down and said, Al, she wanted a job that gave her a budget that, that she could go out and dispense those folks' money to the, to the, to the people. Yeah, I want to dispense in charity with other people's money and being paid well for it. See, that's where a lot of people want this business. Man, I, I really want no business. I want a real nice job that's going to pay me a real nice salary, and then I can go out here and recruit people, you know, for this company I'm in. And they pay for all the stuff I do. That ain't, see, that ain't what we have here. We have a, a business that you're going to have to get up and do it. He said, we broke this thing all the way down. We figured what that's what she wanted, and she admitted it. And she also wanted the appreciation and feeling of importance that would naturally go with such a job. But in making your purpose practical, be careful not to make it logical. Make it a purpose of the sentimental or emotional type. Remember, needs are logical while wants and desires are sentimental and emotional. Your needs will push you just so far, but when your needs are satisfied, they will stop pushing me. Ooh. Oh, I'm standing up with my arms folded in the pulpit, looking around. Let me look around for a minute. When your needs... First of all, your needs will push you so far, but when your needs are satisfied, they'll stop pushing you. See, that's why I said most of y'all on this call, needs are taken care of. That's a problem when it comes to this business. Especially if you don't have a purpose. Y'all know my purpose is my mother. You know, whether you believe it or not, I did not, I keep saying that, did not want to get that phone call to where she could call me and I couldn't do what she needed me to do. Some of y'all can, can take or leave it with your wife. It ain't that. 
ain't that important. You take it or leave it. He says, but if you have a purpose in terms of wants or desires, then your wants and desires are fulfilled. He says, recently I was talking with a young man who long ago discovered the common denominator of success without identifying its discovery. He had a definite purpose in his life, and it was definitely a sentimental or emotional purpose. Look what his purpose was. Now, some of y'all talk this game. Some of y'all talk this game, but he says he wanted his children to go through college without having to work their way through as he had done. That was one of his purposes. And he wanted his wife and mother of his children to enjoy the luxuries and comforts and even necessities which had been denied his own mother. God, dog, this man, he a a man after my own heart. Look at this. And he was willing to form the habit of doing the things he didn't like to do in order to accomplish his purpose. Here's his purpose again. Here's his why. He wanted his children to go through college without having to work their way through as he had done. You know what's interesting about that one? I I think me working through college made me a better person. Now, I don't know. I didn't get straight A's. Maybe that's what he's talking about, that that keeps you from getting to whatever. I don't know if that's the case. For, for you know, by not working, but that's still his purpose. That was he. He probably hated working through in college. He probably hated. I didn't. I think one thing about that kept me, you know, always working. Always kept me kind of focused. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you what it did keep me too. It kept me out of hanging out with these dudes that I knew. That, you know, I had a lot of partners on campus, and all we did was smoke weed, hang out. And we did, you know, the other thing that young men did, you know, with ladies. (laughs) So, and we had a house off campus, and and every time I came home from work, I mean, because I would go to work at 2 o'clock, four or five days a week, and I would drive this van at a hotel, and I'd come home at 10. For eight hours a day, I drove this van, go pick up pilots from the airport, and go pick up truck drivers from wherever they're coming in from, and they would stay the night at the hotel, and then in the morning, you know, another driver would take them back to the either truck facility or whatever or to the airport for the pilots. I did that four or five days a week. And I, for me, that eight hours that it kept me away from that, I think that helped me graduate in four years because most of them dudes didn't graduate <laughs> in four years. Some of them didn't graduate because <clears throat> I knew when I came home, to my to the house that we were renting, we had a three bedroom house, and it was three of us in there. Was, you know, my partner Keith, Mike, and myself. Man, you know, it was lit when I walked in at ten o'clock. I'm talking about lit. <laughs> three, 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 four girls over there, <laughs> weed smoking. It was lit. It was lit. <laughs> now when I came in, now you know. <laughs> I done my work. I got a little lit too, but I went to the kitchen and started studying my homework. But I just believe that 
that job working while I was in school kept me away from everything else that went on. Now he he feels like that probably messed him up, so he didn't want his kids to work while they were in college because he had to do that. All right, so that was his purpose. That I mean, that is his purpose. You know, I hear people say that, but I don't know if that's really your purpose. You know, you say that. You know, I want to make sure that my kids don't have to work and I have to, you know, I'm gonna pay for their school, whatever. He said, look, that's what. And then he also wanted his wife and his mother of his children. Wait a minute. So that means he had. So he had a wife. I wonder is he saying his wife, the mother of his children, or and his mother's children. So he had a wife, and then he had a baby mama too. I can't. You no, know, I don't think he's trying to. I don't think that's his wife. But I guess he 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 wanted his wife, and let's just say the mother of his children, to enjoy the luxuries and comforts, and even necessities which had been denied to his own mother. So his mother struggled. He didn't want his wife and his kids, you know, to struggle. And he was willing to form the habit of doing the things he didn't like to do in order to accomplish that purpose. Like I said, I didn't want my mother to call me. And I didn't want to say, I don't have it, Mom. Now, I told you on a few occasions, we discussed it and said, Ma, it's no, it's no need to do that. Don't put, you know, $5,000 in that house. Don't put 10000 in that house. Don't do that. Because the, the neighborhood is, is, is gone down so bad. It's not going to be a good investment for you to, you know, to rent the house. Because she always talking about, well, you know, when I'm when I'm gone, she's been saying that for like since I guess she was sixty years old. <laughs> Ma, you, I'm saying, Ma, I don't believe you ain't spoke that one into existence. Because you, you're twenty six years later, you still saying the same thing. Now, baby, I don't know, I might not be around, but another day or two. <laughs> Dang. So, but she always talking about that. What you could do with the house? I'm like, Ma, I don't just, I ain't like. House, the house is gonna be gone. <clears throat> so, but that was my thing. Whatever she wanted, I wanted to be able to do it, and I put the habits in place for me doing this. So here I am, years later, still doing it. That's what he wanted. That was his goal. He said, "Now watch this." He said, "Not to discourage him, but rather to encourage." Me, I said to him, this is what he said, aren't you going a little too far with this thing? There's no logical reason why your children shouldn't be willing and able to work their way through college just as the father did. Of course, they'll miss many of the things that you missed in your college life, and they'll probably have the heartaches and disappointments. But if they're any good, they'll come through in the end as you did. Don't you understand that? And there's no logical reason why you should slave in order that your wife or your that your wife can enjoy the comforts and luxuries that your mother never had. You shouldn't have to slave to do that and slave to make sure your kids they could work and your wife could work. He looked at me with a rather pitying look and said, But Mr. Gray, there's no inspiration in logic. That's logic. There's no courage in logic. There's not even happiness in logic. He said, that's only satisfaction. The only place logic has in my life is in the realization that the more I'm willing to do for my family, 
the more I shall be able to do for myself. He says, I imagine after hearing that story, you won't be able to to be told how to find your purpose or how to identify it or how to surrender it to it. If it's a big purpose, you will be big in its accomplishments. If it's an uh, unselfish purpose, you will be unselfish in its accomplishment. If it's an honest purpose, you will be honest and honorable in the accomplishment of it. But as long as you live, don't ever forget that while you may succeed beyond your fondest hopes and your greatest expectations, you will never succeed beyond the purpose to which you are willing to surrender. Furthermore, your surrender will not be complete until you have formed the habit of doing the things that failures don't like to do. Boom! That's it, folks. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? You believe in that purpose, or are you just talking? <clears throat> Do you have a purpose? Let me tell you his purpose again. He wanted his children to go through college without working. He wanted his wife to have the luxuries that his mother never enjoyed. And he was willing to form a habit of doing these things, that he didn't like to do in order to accomplish this purpose. And so Ian Gray said, man, hold on. Your kids can go to college and make it. They can, they, you did it. Your wife can go do this and the way that she make it. You did it. <clears throat> he said, yeah, that's logical. He said, but look at me. Um, there's no inspiration in logic. There's no, cor- no, no courage in logic. See, when you got your job and you know you get paid every week, that's that's the logic thing about it. Now, and that, and I don't tell people, trust me, I don't. But I do know also. So, see, I don't want that burden on me because I've seen people leave and then they don't do the work that they take and then they blame you for it. Because see, most people can't figure out how to drive business, how to do things during the daytime. You got it's a lot of thinking and doing unless you got a huge group that's running. You got to figure out how to do that. But most folks don't. So I'm like, don't do that. But he said, look, that ain't no, ain't no, no. He said, no logic. Then, you know, it's not even happiness is in logic. There's only satisfaction. You satisfy, you build a page, you got this and that. He said, the only place logic has in my life is the realization that if I keep grinding for my family, the things that they want, you know, I will benefit a little too. He says, If it's a big purpose, you will be big in its accomplishment. If it's an unselfish person, you'll be unselfish in its accomplishment. If it's an honest purpose, you'll be honest and honorable in the accomplishment of it. But as long as you live, don't ever forget, while you may succeed beyond your fondest hopes and your greatest expectations, you'll never succeed beyond the purpose to which you're willing to surrender. 
Furthermore, your, your surrender will not be complete until you have formed the habit of doing the things that failures don't like to do. All right, that's it, folks. When you get off the phone today, you got to go do the things every single day that failures don't like to do. All right, let me answer this question. (laughs) Preacher man says, Tony, you've seen, and I know you've seen people who are making $1,500 a month profit in addition to their jobs. And they're not in the business, and they got the job, and they quit. He says, speaking of logic, why do you think folks do that? It's a number of reasons folks do it. A number of reasons. And I'm going to stick with the one that I always said, um, and I, I'm going to believe to the end. And then, but it's a number of other reasons why people do that. But I believe in my heart of hearts that people never address the mindset issue. And and they never address it to a point where they let little mess throw them off. You know, somebody tell me, why you don't, well, I care about that. I ain't going to let nobody say this to me. I ain't going to let nobody do this to me. I ain't going to, you know, a little mess that goes along. See, when you're working on yourself, and you look at the bigger picture, you know, you don't, you know, but I've seen people get into, people leave, they leave the business because they just, they bumping heads with somebody in the business, somebody they don't like. Or they start thinking, oh, this person making money off me. I don't want them to get no money from me. Or just a little mess. I don't like being around her. I don't like being around him. I don't like, just a little mess. And you making $1,500 a month extra onto your job and you walk away from that or you do something that killed it, I believe is that the books that we read and stuff that we talk about, folks are not taking heart to that. They're not really, they just read it and throw them away. You know, it's just reading like, I read that. Well, if you read that, why are you not, why are you still letting little stuff like that just get under your skin? Why are you let little people argue with you? And why you, you, hey, you see how she is? You see how he is? You see how he is? And they leave. Mindset. You you take it's 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 mindset, man. That's why I've seen it all the time. When you when you finally get down to it, you finally go to a person. Well, how did that man? Every day she's saying something this and she's doing that. See, that's what see what I do all day long, and what leaders do all day long is we walk around with portable fire extinguishers. Every five minutes, every twenty minutes, they psh, put that fire out. Put that fire out. Oh, you you won't believe what uh what Shay Shay and, and, and Rick doing now. They arguing with each other. You got to get on the phone and tell me. Oh, it's almost like grown kid. What y'all doing in the room back there? Get out of the cabinet. Stop holding his head. Leave him alone. Stop pushing him. <laughs> Mindset, you know, is another word for it that that runs people away. And uh, let me put it this way: I'm gonna give you the clean version. Ninja mess, ninja mess, and I ain't talking about the ninja grill I got. <laughs> <laughs> 
By the way, I got a ninja grill thing. I know I'm late. I know I'm behind. I know everybody. I ain't had that. Boy, I cooked me some. I I put on the grill yesterday on that ninja grill some tuna steak. I came off the grill like, why? Why took me so long to get this ninja grill? But back to your answer, ninja mess. There's some of y'all right now going through ninja mess. And like, look, it's ninja mess all the time. It's issues going on with me all the time with, you know, all kind of stuff coming against you. But how do you handle that? Do you just, you got to keep going. Somebody, well, Tony, I ain't like you. I, you, I, I got to let them know. You, you, I'm going to let them know. Okay. Go ahead, let them know. Go ahead, let them know. Just, just <laughs> ninja mess. That's because you're not taking in the books and reading them. You're not really grasping it because you're not grasping these calls because you're not going back listening over and over and over. You still are programmed from the mess that you grew up around. Ooh, that's the answer right there, preacher man. You still are programmed from the mess that you grew up around. You still don't automatic from that. You ain't deleted none of this stuff that we talk about doing. Pulling it up, erasing it, deleting it. You're not, uh-uh. So $1,500 a month to them, even though it pays a lot of bills, you know, it does, you know but it's just a, yeah, see, I don't like the way she talk about me. I don't like, look, look at her over there. Look, I, just, I just don't like her. And I'm sick of it. You know, I just ain't got to be around her. I ain't got to, Tony, that's you maybe. But I'm just telling you, I ain't, oh, you're a sucker, Tony. You, you, you just a sucker. You let folks just run over you. I ain't, they ain't running over me. They ain't running over me. I'm going to let them know. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, how Jay-Z says. <laughs> I ain't black. I'm OJ. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Watch well. That's the answer, man. That is, that is the answer. I'm telling you. <laughs> Not that kind of ninja, Billy, but that that face there. Yeah, that him. Yeah. All right, here we go. Tell me the voice. Okay, where we are now? Let me see. Hold on. Some, can somebody win today? Let me see. Can somebody win today? Is anybody at 15 points? Is anybody at 15 points? Come on at 10. Dr. Nicole is five. Kim is at 15. All right, Kim. This is your chance. This is your chance. Whoa, whoa. It's a chance. It's a chance. <laughs> Out of my constriction. So y'all know about that. <laughs> All right, Kim, you're the only one with 15. Everybody's got 10, 5, 5, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. All right, so tell me who this is. Ready? Here we go. And I, was, I would write out notes to help the directors to say, okay, this is going to happen. This is what this shot needs to be a dolly shot, close-up here, blah, blah, blah. So I was giving him this information. He actually patted me on my butt and said, don't you worry your little self about what the shots are. I said, listen, you better listen to what I'm telling you or else you're going to be here till 
4 in the morning, and this will be the last show you ever direct. Honey, by the time I got through sassing him, I was saying action and cut that day. He knew not to mess with me. Smacking me on my butt. Child, please. Let y'all hear that one more time. As they say, one more again. There we go. And I was, I would write out notes to help the directors to say, okay, this is going to happen. This is what this shot needs to be a dolly shot, close up here. Blah, blah, blah. So I was giving him this information. He actually patted me on my butt and said, don't you worry your little self about what the shots are. I said, listen, you better listen to what I'm telling you or else you're going to be here till 4 in the morning, and this will be the last show you ever direct. Honey, by the time I got through sassing him, I was saying action and cut that day. He knew not to mess with me. Smacking me on my butt. Child, please. <laughs> All right, so I got Cicely Tyson, Whitney Houston, Taraja P. Henson, Robin Givens. Nope. Come on, Kim, I was pulling for you. <laughs> you know you my problem, child. I still was pulling for you, Kim. Come on. Come on through, Kim. Uh, she's a player. One more time. All right, here you go. One more time. That's it. And I, was, I would write out notes to help the directors to say, okay, this is going to happen. This is what this shot needs to be a dolly shot, close-up here. Blah, blah, blah. So I was giving him this information. He actually patted me on my butt. And said, don't you worry your little self about what the shots are. I said, listen, you better listen to what I'm telling you. Or See, else now, you're you going to be here until 4 in the morning, I, and this will be the last Stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Hey, Mark, you were close, man. But Preacher Man got this. And I'm, I'm really concerned a little bit about Preacher Man now, because he get a lot of these. And Preacher Man might have a little thing like the music thing that tells you the voices. Preacher Man, promise me you don't have that. Just tell me. You know, I'm like, uh, promise me. Come on, Preacher Man. I'm like uh, uh, your boy on uh, <laughs> on uh, uh, what's the movie out of Memphis when he when he was in the bathroom with Ludacris. Please tell me you ain't throw that. Come on, just please tell me you ain't throw that tape away. Please tell me you ain't throw that. Preacher Man, just please tell me you ain't cheating. Hustle and flow, yeah. Please, please tell me, uh, what was it? Please tell me you ain't cheating, preacher man. Let me hear you. So you ain't saying that, preacher man. You just you gave me the answer. He got the answer too. But I, I just, are you that good? You know this stuff like that. Well, Doctor Bowden, he knocked it out on Saturday, so I don't, I don't think Doc was cheating. But I wouldn't put it past you, preacher man. I <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you, man. Let, let me get a text from you, man. Tell me you ain't cheating. Just tell me. And if you are, you need to tell me because if they got a machine for that too, I mean an app for that too, just like they got an app for the music. <sighs> Faith told me to get on you because you, like I got on her about cheating. <laughs> Preacher man, why you won't respond? He won't respond. He's going to respond afterwards, I guess. All right, but the answer is Debbie Allen. That was Debbie Allen. 
it, a couple of people said Felicia Rashad, which is close because they kind of talk alike. They kind of sound alike, you know. But it was Debbie Allen. I mean, if some of y'all said, who is Debbie Allen? I'm hanging up the phone. But that was the answer, folks, Debbie Allen. Kim, you were right there. I was pulling for you. So what you do, what you need to do now, Kim, is... Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. You don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Don't be afraid. 